Thank you for listening to the Conform to Christ podcast, where we seek to engage the mind, affect the heart, and call people to follow Christ. Jay Jones, and I'm here with George Mays for Text Driven Tuesday. What's going on, George? Here we are. <clears throat> here we are again. And we're picking back up in Second Peter, <clears throat> if you've been following along. Yep. <clears throat> Chapter 2. We both got those. Be- both got those allergies today. Yeah, and I mowed last week. You mowed last week too. Yeah, yeah. I think that I think that rain kicked up some stuff too. Well, stuff started to grow. Mm-hmm. That's it. Like starting to bloom and. Yeah. Yep. So we're just going to be coughing through this hopefully, episode. Hopefully not. Okay. For the listener. <laughs> right. Yeah. So uh, here we are, and we're back in Second Peter mm-hmm. ten. Second Peter chapter two ten. B. Right. This is one of the weird. <laughs> right. This is one of the weird ones. If you grab your Bible and look at it, like, uh, why? Again, we tell people all the time, like these uh, these chapter divisions. Who is the guy's name? He did this. He's like riding a horse <laughs> right. while he's doing. It. He's like traveling around. And he's like, oh well, I'll uh, add my uh, chapter divisions and verses to help people navigate. And uh, like some of them are mysterious. Right. Yeah. They're just there to help us navigate, but why is there a 10 A and B here? Who knows? I mean, there's there's definitely a connection between um, this uh, this par- the second paragraph of chapter two and, and the third paragraph, which is where we'll pick up today. Um, I mean, the, the whole chapter fits together, mm-hmm. but um, for the sake of of time and and trying to grasp the various ideas that Peter is communicating. We don't want to preach through the entire chapter in one, one right. chunk. Right. Um, so there's it all goes together. There's there's a natural flow to it. So verse the the beginning of verse ten naturally transitions into that next uh, that next section. But mm-hmm. why is there not a division in the verses? I have no idea. <laughs> right. I don't know. <laughs> Just to confuse us. So chapter two, he's addressing uh, false false prophets and <clears throat> teachers. So we've done this for a couple of weeks now. Mm-hmm. And where we ended off last week was God's kind of guarantee that he will judge false teachers, false prophets. Right. They will not get away with this. They will be judged. Mm-hmm. There were three Old Testament kind of illustrations that were given yeah. that show a pattern of God knows how to judge, and he does judge, but he also shows grace, and he rescues. Mm-hmm. So there were the three Old Testament illustrations. There were the angels that sinned in the ancient world. There was the pre-flood civilization era, and there was Lot mm-hmm. and Sodom and Gomorrah. Right. And God judged, and he rescued in those situations. And so he will know how to judge false teachers today. They won't get away with it, even though they look very prosperous. Mm-hmm. And he will keep and rescue his people who right. stay faithful to him. So now today we move into this uh, section where there is a long description, right? And um, it kind of is just to drive home the point of how serious it is. Yeah, right. Yeah, I think so. As I was as I was looking at it and trying to figure out, okay, what what exactly is going on here? Because he's already said. Uh, he could have stopped right there at um, you know la- last time with uh, God knows how to judge these people. Yeah, but I think in, in case we are reading this in kind of a passive way, just kind of an unconcerned way, he's driving home the point that this is serious. Mm-hmm. That this is not again. This is not simply a differing of opinions over secondary issues. This is first tier gospel issues and this this is serious yeah. this is serious the 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 false teachers are destroying themselves they're going to destroy others they are rejecting the they're rejecting the truth and this is a serious this is a serious issue this is not something that we can just push off to the side and and not talk about because uh, chapter 2 is not really a pleasant chapter mhm um I quoted from Martin Lloyd Jones that said that this is this is one of the most terrible chapters in the entire Bible, and if you are prone to just flipping through your Bible and reading your favorite passages, this probably isn't going to make its rounds. Right? Um, you're, you're probably not going to pop up on this one. Um, if if you are listening to a pastor that does topical sermons, this probably is not going to be the chapter that he goes to ever. Right. 
And um, we, we need to be reminded of how serious false teaching is. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I, I think that's what's going on here is that he's, he's just pressing home the point, this is serious. This is, this is life or death. Um, eternal destinies are being determined here. Right. And so your, your outline, there's three main points to it. Now, I'm not able to tell you exactly how you worded them because I had to step out and help a guest find the nursery when you said that. But I think you said something like the uh, point one is about the uh, description and reality of the false teachers. Uh, it's the seriousness of, seriousness of the false teacher's self-destruction. Self-destruction. So it, it's fo- first focusing on these teachers are destroying themselves. Mm-hmm. The, these are the first people that are going to be destroyed by false teaching are the false teachers themselves. And then second was what they do to others? Mm-hmm. Yep. Is that right? Yeah, the seriousness of the the uh, destructive um, effects on others. And then the seriousness of their um, denial of the gospel? Yeah. Is that it? Yeah. But I, I worded it as the seriousness of the false teachers abandoning, abandoning the, the gospel. gospel. Yeah, okay. Yeah. No. And I use that word abandoning intentionally. Yeah, good. Okay, so the first the first one, the seriousness of these false teachers, prophets, and how they bring about their own destruction. There are 14 descriptions. But Now, before we jump in... We'll, I, I numbered them as 14. You probably could number them differently, but just to yeah. kind of work through the and passage, I, I numbered it 14. Why don't we uh, read it for cum- like a cumulative effect? Okay. Instead of like, we'll, we'll work, we're not going to work through all 14. We'd be here for five hours. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> but read it, just read it, and they'll, and they'll get the effect because yeah. he kind of just layers it on, mm-hmm. like, oh, you know, piles it on, just keeps piling it on. Yeah. So starting in Second uh, Peter 2, 10b yeah. with bold and willful. Do we want to go through the entire entirety of the chapter or just this one, this one chunk? Um, let's just go with the the one chunk because okay. they've you know they they're listening they listen to the other two, and so they know this do, is. Do we want? Well, I mean, do we want to start with ten and go to the end? Of oh the yeah, chapter, yeah, yeah, Or we want to start yeah, yeah. stop at sixteen and go, just talk just about go this all the section. way through the end. Okay, yeah, go all the way through the end, and then we'll hit the others as we come back. Okay, all right. Bold and willful, they do not tremble as they blaspheme the glorious ones, whereas angels, though greater in might and power, do not pronounce a blasphemous judgment against them before the Lord. But these, like irrational animals, creatures of instinct, born to be caught and destroyed, blaspheming about matters of which they are ignorant, will also be destroyed in their destruction, suffering wrong as the wage for their wrongdoing. They count it pleasure to revel in the daytime. They are blots and blemishes, reveling in their deceptions while they feast with you. They have eyes full of adultery, insatiable for sin. They entice unsteady souls. They have hearts trained in greed, accursed children. Forsaking the right way, they have gone astray. They have followed the way of Balaam, the son of Beor, who loved gain from wrongdoing, but was rebuked for his own transgression. A speechless donkey spoke with human voice and restrained the prophet's madness. These are waterless springs and mist driven by a storm. For them, the gloom of utter darkness has been reserved. For, speaking loud boasts of folly, they entice by sensual passions of the flesh those who are barely escaping from those who live in error. They promise them freedom, but they themselves are slaves of corruption. For whatever overcomes a person, to that he is enslaved. For if, after they have escaped the defilements of the world through the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, they are again entangled in them and overcome, the last state has become worse for them than the first. For it would have been better for them never to have known the way of righteousness than after knowing it to turn back from the holy commandment delivered to them. What the true proverb says has happened to them. The dog returns to its own vomit, and the sow, after washing herself, returns to wallow in the mire." All right, very good. It's real pleasant, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's really he, he's um he's really painting a picture here. I mean, he's using some very strong descriptions of these uh, these false teachers, and it it uh, it comes out in the words that he uses that that help to illustrate what's going on. Yeah. Now, the first description may be a little curious to people. <laughs> yeah. 
They, they're bold and willful, and they do not tremble as they blaspheme the glorious ones. Right. But then the, he kind of, there's a juxtaposed, mm-hmm. whereas angels, though greater in might and power, do not pronounce a blasphemous judgment against them before the Lord. So right. who are, so the glorious mm. ones appears to be the them of verse 11. Mm-hmm. So who are these glorious ones, and who are the them, and what are they doing? What are these false prophets doing with being bold and uh, willful and not trembling as they blaspheme? Yeah, I didn't. Uh, I didn't bring this out because I already just had this packed sermon. I was having to cut stuff on the fly as I was preaching through it yesterday, which is really distracting yeah. <laughs> for me. Um, but Calvin, he he thinks that the glorious ones refers to the magistrate. Really? Yeah. So government. So um, he would say that these false teachers are blaspheming governing authorities. So they want to live a lawless lifestyle. That seems strange a little bit. So that's that's Calvin. I didn't mention that, but I thought you would find that interesting. Yeah, that, that's weird. That's um, a little but, bit weird. Yeah, um, but I, I think you uh, you can compare Scripture with Scripture, and you, you look over at Jude, and there's a parallel um, going on, and he, he uses the same phrase, the glorious ones. It's very, very parallel. Yeah. And they, oh, and they, almost, yeah, almost word for word. Yeah. Um, they uh, yet in like manner these people, the false teachers, uh-huh. also relying on their dreams, defile the flesh, reject authority, and blaspheme the glorious ones. All right, same same idea, but he gives a he gives a, a a story to go along with it to illustrate what's going on. But when the archangel Michael contending with the devil was disputing about the body of Moses, he did not presume to pronounce a blasphemous judgment, but said, the Lord rebuke you. Mm. Um, now, there's, <laughs> we could go off on a rabbit trail about what Jude is talking about <laughs> um, there, but it seems like he's drawing, the, he's drawing this, this comparison between the false teachers are blaspheming angels or fallen angels, fallen demons, angels. Um, with the archangel Michael rebuking um, the devil by saying the Lord rebuke you, uh-huh. so he doesn't he doesn't pronounce a judgment. Himself. He reserves it to the, to the Lord. Yeah, right. That, so that, that seems to be what's going on here in Second Peter chapter two. So these false teachers are blaspheming the glorious ones, probably fallen angels. Yeah, um, probably might probably si- it... probably similar to verse four with the angels of Genesis six. People might find it odd that. Uh... The Bible would refer to angels as glorious ones. Yeah, but Satan he appears as what? Yeah, an angel of light. Yeah, I mean this is their ontology. They're still spiritual beings. Well, we have to remember they're still as God made them. Right. Right. Oh yeah. Their ontology, their being, probably is glorious and magnificent looking. Mm-hmm. Um, they're just fallen and corrupted. Yeah. Uh, they're evil inwardly. They are. They're wicked and evil and in rebellion against God. And yeah, we you know, th- we I was think thinking about of... this the other day. You, you ever seen like these weird? Uh, I think it's like it's, this might be like got into horror movies from the Catholic Church that whenever <clears> demons <throat> are around, like there's a smell of sulfur. <laughs> right. That's like a that's like that's like some like old wives' tale or something. I would imagine if a glorious one was around and they mm. had a smell, it probably would be enticing. Yeah. And not smell like sulfur. Well, we've gotten so we're we're so. Um... I guess maybe deceived by Hollywood yeah. and the depiction of the devil as you know this goat, <laughs> this goat man, you know, um, that obviously looks evil. Um, I, I think you know you uh, you look at the Old Testament and the talk of seraphim, the the word seraphim in Hebrew it can literally be translated as the flaming serpents. Mm-hmm. Uh, what what did the devil appear as in the mm-hmm. garden yeah. as a serpent, right? right? Well, maybe there's a connection there. Maybe he appeared as a seraphim. He's yeah. he's a glorious one, yeah. right? Um, the we've talked about Genesis chapter six. The the sons of God, um, they're seducing the the daughters of men. Well, if a glorious one appeared, um, you could imagine that people would easily be seduced, mm-hmm. right? So. Yeah, we need to we need to not um, not be so caught up in how the devil and demons are often portrayed in movies and TV and and uh, you know they they obviously look evil mm-hmm. and disgusting 
they look like, you know, <laughs> they look like evil spirits. Mm-hmm. Um, the Bible doesn't really present them that way. There's an actual threat. Mm-hmm. And I think part of the threat is how they appear. Mm-hmm. They they appear as pleasurable, as pretty, beautiful. Yeah. Right? So glorious ones is, and we know they're not the same because angels, verse 11, is contrasted to the glorious ones. Right. And, so the, and be, the angels, they don't even do what these yeah. false prophets do. They... Against them before the Lord, they don't they don't do it. So they're not the same group. Yeah, there's the there's the angels, which would be I think the unfallen angels, the righteous, holy angels, and the glorious ones. They would be um, the fallen angels. Okay, um, and it's 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 weird that you know you you think well how are how are these false teachers blaspheming glorious ones? What 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 is even going on here? And um, there's several options. You know they. They could be scoffing at the idea that they even exist. Mm. They, they may, I mean, they're, they're already denying a final judgment. They may just not even believe in the devil or demons. Um, there's, there's no threat here. <laughs> we don't even believe in this stuff. We know that that, was, that that was a view because the Sadducees didn't believe in these supernatural beings. Mm. Um, or they could just be scoffing at the fact that they don't they don't think that they're in any danger of of falling prey to you know demons through their actions. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I just immediately think of these you know televangelists that rebuke the devil mm-hmm. just almost casually. Right. Um, they think that they've got this this power to cast the devil right out and. Uh, they they do it in um an arrogant way right yeah it's uh interesting to compare the two because jesus teaches us to pray to be kept from the evil one mm-hmm. like I, I don't see that we have we're called to resist him right but to uh to do what they say we do right whereas you compare it to jude right and even the archangel of god yeah says the lord rebuke you right. all the power lies within God and right. in Christ. Right. We're called to resist the devil and he'll flee from us. But in the context, it's by humbling ourselves and submitting ourselves to the Lord. Right. <laughs> not, yeah. not by not by bold, up not by chest. boldly rebuking the devil and yeah. scaring him off. You don't want to know what Luther did to get the devil away. <laughs> I think we talked about we it. Talk about we? I think we talked about that? it. Chris is over here. He's like, where is this going? We got it. <laughs> Chris is uh, producing. <laughs> Luther, man, what a wild guy. I think he said he farted at him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he did. <laughs> yeah, what he a, did. What a wild personality <laughs> Luther was, man. <laughs> Well, Peter doesn't say anything about that. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, that's where the smell of sulfur was coming from. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're we're gonna get off track. <laughs> I just can't. I can't wait to meet uh, Luther in person. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what a character. Right. <laughs> but it would. You know, we we always say this. It would take somebody like that to do what he did. Right. One man versus the world. Oh yeah. That's for real. One man versus the world. Yeah. All right, so back to these guys. Okay. <laughs> they're so arrogant in their sin and their sensuality. Mm-hmm. They don't fear judgment themselves. Yeah. They don't fear there's any consequence that they could be deceived or fall into traps of evil spirits. Yeah. Or that they maybe even exist. They blaspheme them. Yeah. They seem to themselves that they're untouchable. Right. Um, and so then he just continues to hey, pile hey, on, doesn't he? Hey, hey, Jay. Don't touch the Lord's anointed. Isn't that, that isn't that, that what they say? That's isn't, what, isn't that what people like Benny Hinn say? That's touch what say. not the Lord's anointed. Right. Yeah. Paula White too. Uh huh. Um, yeah. I mean, she fits into this category. Many of them. So, do so they're they're above criticism. They're above criticism they because be you can't you cannot touch them because they have the Lord's anointing. Yeah. Well, who who says that they've got the Lord's anointing? They do. Right. They they're do. Se- they're self. They're self appointed. Yeah. Self-appointed uh, prophets, mm-hmm. apostles, right, and yep. over their own little kingdoms, and they're untouchable. Yeah. So even if they fall into sexual immorality and get divorced, which and they have, multiple there's, times, uh, you know, that 
the um, you know the sermon's not the place where we start just airing all the the scandalous stuff, but there there is well documented records of Benny Hinn and Paula White having an affair. Yeah, um, they they do they and they engage in all kinds of immorality mm-hmm. um, and fine and not just sexual immorality but financial dealings. Yeah, um, they. We can get into and you know, you, some of the other stuff. The that description they've, they've here: done as we go they count it pleasure to revel in the daytime. Yeah, that's one of the descriptions. Right, they're so unashamed of it. They think they're so untouchable. They yeah. do. They do what people only do in secret in the dark. Right, openly and plainly in the day. Yeah, and that applies here. I mean, in our modern time, yeah, this is the pattern that we see mm-hmm. uh, going on. They're irrational animals. They're just creatures of instinct. They just do what animals do. What what do animals do? They just they're just creatures of of habit of nature. Mm-hmm. You can you can you can train an animal to act a certain way, but you're not changing the nature of this animal. It's it's still an animal, right? Yeah, and that's what these false teachers <clears throat> are like. Yeah, it's and that's what he called. He brings up these <clears throat> illustrations to pull out like what what they're like. Yeah, irrational irrational animals. Um, it's like my. Uh, my puppy, Connie Corso. Mm-hmm. She's nine months old, yeah. right? But this is this dog has been around for over 2,000 years, one of the oldest dog breeds. And they're a protection dog. Mm-hmm. Like, they were with the Roman soldiers. And so 2,000 years of breeding for protection. Um, at about three months old, I mean, this is crazy to think about. If, you know, if I, my kids are in the backyard with her and another person comes... I mean, really mean growling. Mm. And you're like, whoa. And that's just, it's pure instinct. Right. She And you can't, there's no reasoning. You can be like, hey, calm down, calm down. It's okay. It's, you know, it's our neighbor. <laughs> right. It's our neighbor. No, it's like yeah. pure instinct has taken, and that's what these <clears throat> these people are like. Right. They can't, con- they can't control themselves, nor do they even want to. Yeah. They just are driven purely by their flesh nature. Mm-hmm. Uh, which will come up at the end, the last couple verses, right. which will help us to understand something. Yeah. Something, But as we read through this list, it's important for us to understand and to ask the question, is this what Christians do? <laughs> right. Is this These people are in the church mm-hmm. claiming to be believers. Is this how Christians live in the world? Yeah, you, as you go through it and you, you try to summarize the ways that they're that he's describing them, um, I, I think it's very clear that he's drawing a parallel from another list that he's already given. Yeah, um, back in chapter one, mm-hmm. he's told Christians what they're supposed to be like, and now he's describing these false teachers, and he's describing them in in terms that are the exact mirror opposite of what Christians are supposed to be. Mm-hmm. So, in, in chapter one, we're supposed to um, make every effort to supplement our faith. With virtue, can't find any virtue in this list, right? No, no. <laughs> they're, they're they are creatures of of instinct. They're, they're, they're irrational they're, animals. There's there's no virtue there. Says uh, they're in, they have insatiable yeah. for sin. <laughs> Cannot even be satisfied. Right. Yeah. This this is not virtuous. Yeah. Um, add add to uh, virtue with knowledge. He says that they they blaspheme about things that they don't know. They don't know. They're they're ignorant. Mm-hmm. Um, add to knowledge self-control. There's that insatiable for sin. Mm-hmm. They, they, they can never get enough. They have no self-control. They're just feeding themselves constantly. Uh, self-control with steadfastness. Um, these are people that they're they're just all over the place. Um, they're they're blaspheming about things that they don't know. They're forsaking the right way. They've wandered away. Um, that's uh, that's a Greek word where we get our word for planet, mm-hmm. which are the wandering ones. Mm-hmm. The, the planets are always in a different place yeah, yeah, in yeah. the sky. That's what these false teachers are like. They're not steadfast. They're they're not they're not set in one place. They just wonder. Um, we're supposed to add uh, godliness. There's no godliness here. They they uh, you know they have eyes filled with adultery. Mm-hmm. Uh, brotherly affection. So we're supposed to love those who are within the church. Mm-hmm. But what Peter describes these false teachers as is he describes them as those who are blots and blemishes, mm. reveling in their deceptions while they feast with you. 
Um, and uh, Jude describes them as hidden reefs at your love feast. Right. That um, that they are Christian. They are they are uh, confessing to be Christians. They look like Christians um, in their religious practice, but uh, it, they come <clears throat> to the love feast. They come to the Lord's supper, and they're just there for their own to fuel their own deceptions to to entice other people to follow their ways to yeah. just pleasure themselves mm-hmm. um and then love we're supposed to have love yeah and they don't have love there, there's no love here there's there's only selfishness and greed and and arrogance and pride right so they they're the they're the mirror the mirror opposite of what christians are supposed to be and i think <clears throat> i think that what he's doing is he's saying look here's how you can spot them right and also here's how you can escape them yeah if you want to escape the trap that these false teachers have set because it's so subtle. Yeah. Um, you need to make every effort to supplement your faith with these characteristics that we've already read about in chapter one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> How about this uh, word, accursed children? Now that cued me up. I thought about this. Okay. Um, we are called, uh, Christians are adopted mm. children. Yeah. We're never called accursed children. Right. We're the adopted. That Christ came at the right time um, so that we could be adopted. Mm. Uh, so, and so we're and we're referred to. I, I don't know if Peter ever uses the adoption <clears throat> language, but um, he's definitely familiar with Paul's writings, mm-hmm. and Paul uses adopted adoption language right. all the time. Yeah. Accursed children in my mind is uh brings me to Ephesians two. Okay. Children of wrath. Mm. Like the rest of mankind. Okay. That's the, Paul's description of us before we're converted right. and adopted. Yeah. And so I think it's a clue uh, that'll help us in the last verse, too. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. He calls them accursed children. I don't think this is, I don't think the apostles would ever refer to a Christian in that way. Right. Right. So it's a big, it's a big, uh, clue he's not talking about actual converted christians yeah and that comes up because people try to debate you know whether right. whether these people have been saved and fallen away or not right and i don't think they have yeah yeah so okay so that's the terrible description they're bringing about destruction upon their themselves mm-hmm. now the seriousness of what they do to others right that's what you have next mm-hmm. right yeah so what verse is that and then walk us uh, through 17 through um 19 okay would be uh that section mm-hmm. um they're waterless springs they're um mist driven by a storm mm-hmm. so again some more descriptions of them um you know waterless springs we're talking about a kind of a desert right um community that's uh, you're if you're walking in a desert and you're you're thirsty and you see a spring um, in front of you and you get there and it was just a mirage or it's dried up and there's no water there, you see that what was promising to satisfy you, what was promising to fulfill you, um, actually leaves you even more hopeless. Yeah. Um, mist driven by a storm. I mean, here again, here's the promise of water, but <laughs> you're not you going to get it. You're not going to get it, right? Yeah. Um, and it also brings darkness. Mm-hmm. So there's no clarity here. Mm-hmm. Um, you you think of that that dark that dark cloud of mist that that sweeps in, and uh, you know restricts your visibility. That that's what these false teachers are like. They're promising that you'll be refreshed. They're promising victory and destiny and God's favor and a better and life, a better yeah your your best life now. And and um, they don't they don't actually satisfy you. Mm-hmm. There's no satisfaction here. Um, they they promise that they're going to give you greater knowledge, but in the end, you're just left more confused. Um, you know, it doesn't matter how often Joel Osteen holds up his Bible and says, "Here's my Bible. It it is what I what it, I am. What it says I am. I'll do what you know it tells me to do." Um, you come away from listening to Joel Osteen, and you have no idea what the Bible says, mm-hmm. um, even though he promises God's favor. <laughs> There's nothing there, right? And I, you know, I can't can't help but think about all the these uh, false teachers who have these healing services, and people are desperate to be healed, and um, they walk away dissatisfied. Yeah. Um, 
you had a couple of crazy illustrations here at this point. <laughs> yeah. Uh, where people were, uh, one person, their child died, and they put them on ice. Yeah. And they yeah. tried to bring them to the one of these false prophets yeah. to be raised from the dead. Yeah. I'd never heard that story. That's um, this crazy. was This was uh, documented in Hank Hanegraaff's book, um, uh, Christianity in Crisis. Okay. And uh, yeah, and this is how I, I heard this with a Todd Bentley um, revival, you know, revival service. Okay. Um, Todd Bentley, you know who he is, guy who kicks, likes to kick people in the face with his his boots yeah. because God told him to. Yeah. Um, well, he uh, he was telling people that, that the dead were being raised at his revival services. Mm-hmm. And this father brought a, his dead child on ice to a Todd Bentley service because... Todd Bentley said that he could raise people from the dead. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine? No, that's, I mean it's Can terrible. You imagine Todd Bentley actually started a, a a school where he was teaching people how to raise raise people from the dead. <clears throat> Isn't it so weird that like you know obviously he didn't do it, mm-hmm. and people still follow him? Yeah, I just I don't understand. Todd Bentley fits this description perfectly. Yeah, because he is a false teacher. Who teaches false things? He um, practices sexual immorality, yeah, and he leaves people just completely hopeless because he he cannot give them anything that he promises. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine going to a Todd Bentley service and you're up there on the front row and you you've got some serious illness and he kicks you, kicks you in the face? Yeah, <laughs> what what is this? Mm-hmm. Um, this is uh, this this is the blasphemy that that peter is talking about yeah right and it's it's just so ridiculous and people still follow them because yeah. they're so desperate they're so desperate um uh, julia and i had a friend in college um she went to a word of faith church in tulsa that's big big hub of word of faith churches in tulsa and um they were praying for a, a kid in the youth group that had cancer and he died and the youth minister said that it was because he didn't have enough faith Mm. <laughs> they're blaming the person who died for not mm-hmm. having enough faith and so they died mm-hmm. um and this friend she has cerebral palsy yeah so she asked what about me <clears throat> and she was told the same thing she would be healed if she had enough faith yeah now thankfully she told her parents and they left the church and they went to a healthy church mm-hmm. uh, but not everyone does that a lot of people are disillusioned they and they are, just yeah. they just leave yeah. they just leave christianity forever yeah and then and never come back um and these are just these are just you know, a few illustrations. There, there are tons, there are tons of, of them. illustrations of people that they're just left empty because these these teachers they they promised all of this, yeah, and they leave they leave them with nothing. Well, what do you do when Joel Osteen he spends all his time telling you that you're you're God's child and and so God wants to give you His favor, yeah, and you're gonna you're gonna live in victory, and then something bad happens. You're either going to blame yourself for your your lack of faith or you're going to blame Joel Osteen for right. his lies or you blame God you'll or say blame I, God, yeah. I did what I was supposed to do yeah, I yeah. believed and I even gave money mm-hmm. and uh, nothing good happened to me so um it's got it's something's wrong with God yeah I upheld my end yeah so these these people they prey on people who are desperate yeah. and they're hopeless and they they're looking towards the Lord's anointed right they're looking towards the the apostles um, who say if you know send in your seed money and and you'll you know you'll you'll sow you sow a seed and and you'll reap blessings mm-hmm. we'll send you a, we'll send you a prayer cloth that we've we've prayed over so you can you can use it in your prayer time yeah like ridiculous nonsensical stuff that they're just preying on people and so Peter says for them the gloom of utter darkness has been reserved mm. Like, this is what they deserve. The, this is the same phrase that's used over here in verse four to talk about these fallen angels that they've been they've been committed to chains of gloomy darkness to be kept until the day of judgment. Like, this is where the false teachers are going to go because not only are they destroying themselves, but they got to take other people along with them. Yeah, um, and so they deserve <clears throat> the gloom of utter darkness. It's been reserved for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, there and and verse eighteen is is delving into more of what they do. They speak loud boasts of folly, and they entice by sensual passions of the flesh those who are barely escaping from those who live in error. And that word "barely" 
um, it it has the uh, the meaning of these are people who have just escaped or have just recently yeah. escaped. Yeah. So I think I think that he's talking about these false teachers enticing new new, new believers, believers. Yeah. new believers. Yeah. So you've got. You can you can imagine the scenario. You've got these these new believers. They're coming out of a pagan culture, in which sexual immorality and idolatry are just normal normal practices. They're coming into the church, and they're met with these false teachers who are boasting of this stuff. They're 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 not quietly talking about this. Right. They're they're arrogantly proclaiming this stuff, saying you can practice all the same stuff and and not be not be afraid of. Of right. judgment, yeah, um, and you can imagine that young believers who haven't been discipled, there's an could fall, could fall for this, it, right? Mm-hmm. A real uh, antinomianism just yeah. simply means like against law, right? Yeah, anti-law. It, Me- it, meaning, we see, we see the same stuff in Romans. Uh-huh. Um, you know, since we've been saved by grace, can we just live however we let want? Us, let us let just us, sin even more, so sin. grace will abound. Right, we'll sin more. Mm-hmm. God will get more glory when He gives us more grace. <laughs> right. And Paul gives the the, the strongest uh, negation. Mm-hmm. It, may it never be exclamation right. point. Yeah, like meaning that he God would be forbid. Like, God, yeah, he like it's. This is the strongest terms I can say. No, mm-hmm. this is not what you do. Yeah. Um, and they're promising you can be a Christian and live like the world. Yeah, which is very appealing to most people today. Mm-hmm. Because uh, yeah, you, you that's what we see in the world today, yeah, you, isn't it? You you read this description of these false teachers, and you just think, how could anyone like this gain any kind of of um, you know influence in the church? Look around; <laughs> there, yeah. there are people like this who have influence in the church. You ju- I, I think you of, brought up Carl. Lentz. I brought up Carl Lentz. <clears throat> yep. Yeah, and as you know. Um, uh, occasionally, a podcast that I'll listen to is Joe Rogan podcast because uh-huh. he talks about like right every topic under the sun. Yeah, um, before Carl Lentz fell. Now, are you are you recommending Joe Rogan to our listeners? <laughs> maybe, um, maybe qualify it with uh, he's not a Christian. It, he's not a. He's definitely not a Christian. <laughs> he's not a Christian, uh, but he interviews uh, pe- interesting people. Yeah, like Elon Musk. He'll interview him, Kanye mm-hmm. West. Yeah. So, I mean, if you're interested in what that person has to say, just keep in mind it's not a Christian podcast. Right. You're going to hear his perspective yeah. as a person that's not a Christian. But that's why I'm bringing him up. Yeah. Because Carl Lentz, uh-huh. before he fell, right. he was shown a picture of him and he was like... So hmm. maybe we should say who Carl Lentz is. He's, okay. he's He was a pastor at Hillsong, right? Yeah. In New York City. Yeah. He's Justin Bieber's pastor. He's the guy that baptized Justin Bieber in a bathtub. Right. Right. Yeah. Celebrity. Celebrity. He's, celebrities. He, um, he's been on The View. Yeah. Which he would, you know, just check that clip out. If you just check say, out like, his clip on, on abortion. Is. Yeah. He's, he, yeah. He has check no out his conviction. clip on abortion on, on The View. No real convictions. Then go watch John MacArthur ever be interviewed about anything. <laughs> and then you'll see what a, how a real pastor should answer questions. But uh, yeah, so he they're talking about it. I don't even remember the context of it. I think it was when Bieber was going through his stuff. And yeah. Joe Rogan's like, man, this guy's sus. Suspect, it, yeah, <laughs> you know, he's like, I don't know about this guy, man. And he starts talking about how pastors are, you know, some of them they do this for money and right. attention, and, mm-hmm. and 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 so he starts talking about this stuff. Well, then they talk about it again after he was exposed yeah. for living a sexual immoral life, uh-huh, right? And he's like, Yeah, right. I told, I told you, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> this is a non-believer who could see it, man. Yeah, and and people who. But you've got you've got this pastor of a mega church in New York City. Yeah, he's attracting celebrities like Justin Bieber. Mm-hmm. Um, but he goes to clubs. Um, there's there's pictures of him doing shots with with Justin Bieber in in a club, and um, that appeals to that appeals to people because mm-hmm. that's what they want to do. <laughs> they they want to be they want to have the benefits of Christianity while also living. Whatever worldly lifestyle you you got this guy who's dressing in you know what? the latest fashions he's yeah. he's he's got paparazzi following him around he he arrives at his church on on Sundays in a you know uh like with a chauffeur, a sh- with a chauffeur yeah. yeah um he got he has a green room like people have come out and and blown the whistle on on what's going on behind the scenes like this guy would show up. 
in his, his chauffeured car. He'd go to his green room. He'd be able to watch sports or whatever he wanted to watch. When it was his time, he'd go out on stage and do his thing, and he'd leave. Yeah. Like, he was in a private elevator. He, he never came into contact any, with anyone. He, this is, you know, he's got this celebrity status. And um, who was shocked when he was exposed as as uh, living in adultery? Like, who's, <laughs> who, who is, who's listening to this and thinking, oh, I never saw that coming? Well, apparently a lot of Christians were, but... Oh, that's the point. But Joe Rogan of, wasn't. Right. <laughs> An unbeliever. He, yeah. But uh, a lot of Christians there, you know, so we, we look at this description and we say, how could someone ever, like this, ever how can they gain it off? influence? They do, because... They're living like the world. They're giving the world the message that the world wants to hear with the benefits of spirituality, right. of a, you know, with a Christian label slapped on it. And, um, and people fall for it. Who doesn't want eternal life free? <laughs> right. Eternal life freely given to you. Can I live however I want to live and, just and then go to heaven? Yeah. Sign me up. Right. Yeah. Where Christ says, unless you take up your cross daily and follow me, you can't be my disciple. Right, very, so these, very different calling. So these these false teachers they promise them freedom, but they themselves are slaves of corruption. Right. So they're they're offering this this um, you know get out of hell free, live however you want, but you still get to go to heaven <clears throat> um, because God loves everyone. God's not going to judge you, and um, but these false teachers they're they're slaves to their own corruption. They they're these they're these irrational animals. They're these uh, you know insatiable for sin. They can't. They have no self control. They're wandering, um, and they're offering freedom. They're they're not even free. Yeah, they bring in. Uh, they're enslaved, and they'll bring you enslavement as well. Right. Yeah. So, okay. The last point. Okay. All right. They the and this is the seriousness. This, this this is this really gets to the end of of this whole thing, because we talked about it a little bit last week. You know, what about Joel Osteen? Mm-hmm. What about someone like Joel Osteen? He seems like a nice guy. He's got you know this uh, million dollar smile, and he says all the all these good things about how God wants to show you favor. And what's so what's so bad about that? He he just wants you to live a positive life. What what is the harm in that? Yeah, the harm is that he has disconnected this from the gospel. So he wants you to experience God's favor, but he's never going to talk about sin or repentance. He's never going to talk about the cross. Um, he's not going to talk about justification. He's not going to talk about how you need to turn from your sin. You need to abandon your sin and follow Christ as a slave. He's not going to talk about those things. And by cutting all of those things out of his message, he's damning those who who listen to him. Mm. And mm. that's that's what's so serious about someone like Joel Osteen or Joyce Meyer, you know, people that maybe are are not the crazies, right? Like you know Kenneth Copeland. Like I think people look at Kenneth Copeland and they immediately are like, "Is that Skeletor?" Yeah, right. Yeah, like like uh. <laughs> Like what is going on with this guy? Right, like, <laughs> like he, this guy looks demon possessed. He does, <laughs> like he's being influenced by right. a power. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, avoid him. Um. Avoid Todd Bentley because he might kick you in the face. Yeah. Um. But Joel Osteen, Joyce Meyer, um, Creflo Dollar. Yeah. TD Jakes, like the the more mainstream, I guess, TBN type people. Like, what's wrong with them? because they've completely cut off their message from the hope of the gospel mm-hmm. and that's not a minor issue yeah like that's that's the difference between being a christian and being lost forever mm-hmm. yeah so the seriousness of having abandoned the gospel this is the last the last point all right um it brings up a big question for us right how does this description cuz people people use it all the time right these last few verses yeah they say look hey look this is a prime example that someone can become a christian and then abandon the gospel and lose their salvation mm-hmm. so is that the intent of these verses i don't think so okay i don't think so but we can't just throw that out and say no we have to actually look at what's going on because mm-hmm. it looks like that 
um, listen to the way that he describes these false teachers. He says, if after they have escaped the defilements of the world through the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, like that, that goes all the way back to chapter one, and that seems to be a description that he gives to the Christians. Like they, they have um, been granted all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us to his own glory and excellence. Um, they have escaped uh, the corruption that is in the world because of sinful desires. Like that's, mm-hmm. that's believers. And here <clears throat> yeah. it, it sounds like he's using the same description of these false teachers. Uh, verse 21 says that it would have been better for them never to have known the way of righteousness. Um, that That's going back to verse 1, that we have a, a standing with the apostles through the righteousness that comes through Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, so what's going on here? Because he's he's talking about these false teachers like they're Christians. Mm-hmm. And we can't, we can't simply say, well, that's not what's going on. Um, I think what's going on, and we talked about this uh, back uh, at the beginning of chapter 2, where it talks about how they're denying the master who bought them. Mm-hmm. These are people who are claiming to be Christians. They're not outside the church. They're in the church. So they're, they've made a profession of faith. They're in the church. They're sitting in the pews next to other people. They're coming to the Lord's Supper. They're taking, the, they're taking communion with the, the believers. Um, they're, they're, they're saying the same things. Mm-hmm. And Peter is taking them at their word. Right. I think that's what he's doing. Right. He's... he's they're they're claiming this stuff, and so he's taking them at their word that they are that they profess faith in Christ. Yeah. But the last verse is going to illustrate that they're not actually Christians. Right. So he's taking them at their word, and I, I think this is a good. I think this is a good um, practice mm-hmm. for us um, in our churches, rather than going around saying, you know, trying to discern who's a Christian and who's not a Christian. I think I think best practice is to take people at their word. Right. I mean that's the best we can do, right? Right. <laughs> when we bring people into the church, we've got a we've got a lengthy process for uh-huh. people to become members of our church. But we tell people Yeah, and we like, and you we, know we, we can only we can only go so far. Like we we can only take you at your right. at your word. And I've interviewed um a lot of people over the <clears throat> past 6 years. Yeah. Some people have a very clear uh, testimony. You know, it's like uh, getting struck by lightning, mm-hmm. and you emerge a new human on the other side. Yeah, uh, you're born again, and it's clear. Some are like a kind of like a sunrise mm-hmm. uh, conversion, where it takes place over maybe a period of like <clears throat> three to four months. Yeah, um, and they become a Christian. They can't tell you a date. Some can't even remember. Like they, maybe they're old, so old they can't even remember when they became a Christian. Yeah, maybe it's when they were young. So what the best that we can do because we can't like put on magic glasses and look into the human heart and say oh a regenerated heart uh, the church has been given uh, the keys of the kingdom right? And, right and we wield those under the authority of Christ mm-hmm. so what we do is we take someone on their profession of faith yeah. and then if a person falls into sin and will not repent the church practices church discipline. Yeah. If the person repents, um, it's a good sign that they are a Christian. Right. They probably are. Yeah. If a person will not listen to uh, an individual or then when two or three go, and then if they won't even listen when the whole church calls them to repentance, yeah. according to the Bible, that's mm-hmm. the key, right? You call a person according to the Bible, we, we have to stay within that realm, uh, and they won't listen... Um, to the best of our ability, it appears they're not a Christian, right. and they're put out of the church. Mm-hmm. So these people are in the church, yep. and... Um, they look like Christians. They may have even looked like Christians for years. And they may have even risen to the positions of pastor and elder. Yeah, I mean, they, they have influence. They're, they're false teachers, right? Right. And, and so he's, ta- he's taking them at their word, mm-hmm. like you would do any person that came into the church... And that's what he says. Yeah. He says, uh, you're cl- you claim this for yourself, right? Yeah. To have received the benefits of Christ, to having t- uh, escaped from the things of this world mm-hmm. and judgment, but 
<laughs> verse 22 gives us the yeah. the final there's a problem <laughs> the, the the final the final judgment <laughs> from from peter right. what the true proverb says has happened to them so he's speaking as this is this is the reality yeah right the dog returns to its own vomit that's proverbs 26 11 mm-hmm. and the sow after washing herself returns to wallow in the mire and so we've got why why does a dog throw up and then go back and eat it because that's what dogs do the right. dogs are gross right <laughs> uh why does a pig get washed off and then immediately go and and wallow in the mud that's what pigs do right so what he's saying is um these people look like christians but the the fact that they're they're practicing these pagan things reveals that their nature was never changed right their heart was never changed yeah. So they left, not because they lost their salvation. They left because they never had it in the first place. <clears throat> yeah, they they were a dog in sheep's clothing. Yeah, yeah. They, so, they look they look like a sheep, but their heart was still a dog heart or a pig heart. Yeah. Um, and so they naturally go back to living a pagan lifestyle. Mm-hmm. And I think this is a this is how we should understand all the warning passages in the New Testament. I mean, people often have questions about the warning passages in Hebrews because there's some strong statements that are made. Statements like, it's impossible to restore to repentance someone who has experienced this enlightenment and has tasted of the the gifts um, and then and it falls away. Um, I think the same thing is going on. The, the author of Hebrews is taking them at their word. They profess faith in Christ. They profess to have been filled with the Spirit to have spiritual gifts, but then they've fallen away and it proves that they never were Christians in the first place. Mm-hmm. But this, these also serve as warnings. <laughs> right. It's a warning passage to those of us who are professing faith in Christ to not fall away. Like this, this is a means of grace yeah, by which we, we read them, we take them seriously, and we obey and we don't fall away. It's, it's, uh, it's the means by which God keeps you yeah. from falling away and right perishing forever yeah right it's like um yeah i was going to use an illustration i don't, don't want to freak people out but that's <laughs> <laughs> how i teach my kids gun safety george yeah like i because uh, kids are curious about uh-huh. guns you know so i take them out uh to my grandparents house and there's a snake and i take my gun i say watch this snake yeah. you see this gun stand mm-hmm. right here by me yeah and i shoot the snake what do you think happens to it? <laughs> Snake explodes. Right. <laughs> Gun's loud. Yeah. I say you touch this gun. Mm-hmm. This end of this gun will do that. Right. To you. Yeah. If you touch it. Right. So what? What do you think happens? Yeah. Curiosity's gone. Right. <laughs> and they say I'm not going to touch. Not going to do that. Yeah. It's it's um, you know the idea of going to the Grand Canyon and and there's signs that say watch out <laughs> don't walk don't walk yeah. this far you or go, you'll fall you go over your so you're what do you die. what do you do you pay attention to the sign you and don't you get don't, close and you don't fall right you right. don't you don't try to find out how close can I go before I fall <laughs> right <laughs> right you stay far back um, you know a bottle of a bottle of uh, drain cleaner says this is poisonous <laughs> and you'll die if you drink it right read the label, take it seriously, and don't die. That's what the warning passages are there for. Therefore, you, they're, they're serious warning passages. So someone can be a professing Christian and fall away. Right. <clears throat> True Christians, genuine Christians who actually aren't, they're not dogs or pigs anymore. Yeah. They've, they've actually been transformed by the power of God's grace. They'll read these passages and they'll be filled with a holy dread and they, they and won't fall away. They'll, they'll, say, they'll pay not, attention. They'll, they'll say, say I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to do that. I'm not even getting close. Right. And they won't fall away. Yeah. But these false teachers, they're, he's writing to them. Right. He's writing a warning to them. But he's saying that if they've, if they've, if it, it would be better if they'd never even known <clears throat> the gospel than to have professed the gospel. Right. And then after, after being brought into the church to leave because, um, he doesn't hold out much hope that, that they're going to return yeah. someday because they are willfully mm-hmm. they're willfully denying plain truths of the scripture um, 
saying that there's there's no need for me to follow this stuff. They're they are willfully, deliberately ignoring mm-hmm. the warnings, and they're leaving. And he's saying um, there's there's not much hope that they're going to come back. That's why the author of Hebrews uses the language of impossible. Right, it's impossible. So as Christians, we shouldn't be so so concerned that. Um, in the this idea of well, you can really be a Christian and and lose your salvation. You should take seriously the fact that there's this warning that if you do fall away, you may never come back again. Right. So you need to take it seriously. Uh-huh. Don't don't view it as this hypothetical. Um, because I think that's what a lot of Christians do. They they want to keep it in the realm of arguing over eternal security. And what we're we need to do is we need to put um put real faces on this and say, this is a real warning to me. I need to take it seriously. Mm-hmm. It, yeah. It's not a hypothetical. Right. It's it's a reality. If you if you read this warning and you decide I'm gonna do this anyway, this is what's gonna happen to you. Mm. Yeah. If you take that drain cleaner. And you read the warning that says this will cause death, and you say, "Ah, I'm, I'm okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm healthy. I've got a strong stomach. I've got a strong immunity, <laughs> immune system. I'll be fine." And you chug it, you'll die. <laughs> you, you'll die. There's, uh, and it's, um, it's impossible for you to take that back, <laughs> to right. take, take back that action. Mm-hmm. So Christians need to take seriously the warning passages so that they don't fall away. Yeah, very good. Yeah. Yeah, and I think the, the <clears throat> two more evidence, we go back to that uh, verse where he calls them animals, mm-hmm. right? Uh, where is it at? What verse was that in? Um, it, that's back in verse 12. Yeah, that, okay, there it is. Um, there He calls them a cur- or no, sorry, accursed children. That's mm. what I was looking for. Accursed children. Okay. Uh, that's not terminology used for Christians, but another right. one is the slaves of corruption. Mm-hmm. Um, Right. That's the same word that's used over in verse 12 that's um, translated as destruction. They're slaves of destruction. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and we're not re- referred to, to, to uh, Christians aren't referred like that. Right. You're, we've, you're, esca- you're sl- we've escaped. We've escaped <clears throat> corruption is what he says here in chapter one. Yeah. And, and Jesus teaches that uh, we're slaves to sin before our conversion. Mm-hmm. And then Paul would say, now we've become slaves to righteousness. Right. So uh, to be called a, a slave of corruption, yeah, I think is just another clue that he's driving at. Like, look, this is their nature. Yeah, they're doing what is their nature. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. This is these are not these are not actual Christians. Mm-hmm. Um, this is First John chapter two. They they went out from us because they never were of us. Yeah, they they went out from us to to show that they're not all of us. Mm-hmm. Um, so. Uh, a genuine Christian will heed the warnings and be kept. Yeah, yeah. And uh, a false, a false convert, they'll hear these warnings and they'll say, "You know what? I, I'm safe. Yeah, I'm safe." And uh, that's a dangerous place to be. So we need to be really careful with. That. I know it says this, but God, I, God <laughs> wants me to be happy. Right, right. And I feel like He would be okay with me doing this. Yeah. That's a lot of the language that's used. Right. So. So, Jay, I've got a question for you. Uh-oh. And I've been, I've been waiting. I've been waiting to ask you this question you for wanna, three weeks. You want to save it a free-for-all? No, no, no. I've got to do it now. Oh, no. I've got to do it now. I have no idea. So after, you've got to turn the camera back on Jay. After going through chapter two, are, do you feel any conviction for the books that are behind you? What? Did you, George? Who I did didn't it? do it? You know who did it? Who did it? You know who did it? Oh my goodness! <laughs> oh, you know, you know that Philip. Philip, <laughs> look at this. How long have they been there? Three weeks. <laughs> I don't. I don't check my he backdrop kept, before I come in here. He kept. Um, he kept adding them. To see this. if you to see to see if you would ever if you would ever figure it out or ever see it. We've got the Circle Maker, uh huh, by Mark Batterson, the Shack by Young, and we've got Joel Osteen. <laughs> Your best life now. Yeah. Good job, Philip. 
So he uh, he snuck them in there, and I was dying <laughs> as he was adding stuff. <laughs> I was dying because there was one there was one day that uh, I think it was Larry. He was he was focused, he was zooming in on you, and it it was very clear. <laughs> and I thought you were going to find him, and you didn't. And I was just I was just dying, <laughs> and I was just waiting to i was waiting to uh to reveal i'm not to be on my guard now you're gonna have to look yeah. you gotta look you gotta be you gotta be aware of yeah, yeah. <laughs> false teachers <laughs> <laughs> that's a good one philip yeah good one so if you go back the the last three weeks you'll there they you'll are see uh you'll see them add, add, <laughs> add <up. laughs> wow no one's safe around here nope stuff so i'm all, i'm always when i come in i'm always checking your thing checking out, out to, <laughs> to make sure <laughs> i'm about to plan something good out for philip now good luck <laughs> good luck <laughs> yeah well I, I i thought that would be uh we thought that would be a, a fun a fun reveal yeah at the end that of was chapter pretty good two. <laughs> pretty good well played well played all right well thanks for tuning in today hopefully this has been a blessing to you and uh, hopefully you learned more about Second uh, Peter chapter two, and we'll be moving on in the book. You're gonna finish up the next couple of weeks. I'm looking forward to chapter three. We'll be yeah. talking about uh, the second coming. Good, good stuff. Yeah, that, I'm looking forward to that as well. Hopefully, this helps you in your uh, faith and helps you to become more and more conformed to Christ.